likely have noticed that I am not Sandra Curtis, the chaplain of Episcopal Lower School. She was to preach this morning, but she's uh, sick and resting and hopefully getting better even as we're together here this morning. For those of you who are guests, I want to introduce myself. My name is Lisa Corey, and I serve as the sub-dean here at the cathedral, and we're so grateful and glad you all are here with us this morning. As I am with you this morning, I want to put our readings in a bit of a context and make an observation about approaching life when things feel really unbearable and an observation about a necessary faith practice in our daily lives. Lamentations is describing what the prophets had been warning about for hundreds of years. We have been hearing these warnings all summer long. Here, Israel is now in exile. This does not mean that they are fleeing a dire situation, like many migrants have and do, but they have been taken captive. They are in a new land, prisoners and wandering. This passage, taken with our psalm today, which is written in the time of the exile, gives insight in how to live when life is unbearably hard when we feel like captives, having no control of our lives, or when we feel like we are merely wandering in unfamiliar territory. Our psalm shows us that when life is unbearable, a key practice is to remember. To remember is to remember, to re-put together. We hear in the psalm that they remembered God. They remembered their lives before and they found solace. Remembering is important. The psalmist writes, If I forget you, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget its skill. Let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth if I do not remember you. In addition to the practice of remembering, which helps us live life when things are really hard, our gospel reading adds another practice that is meant to be a part of daily life. This reading in our segment of our lectionary today is a bit confusing. That is because the apostles in their outbursts at the beginning are reacting to something Jesus said that we're not hearing. In the previous passage before this, Jesus is telling everybody that they need to forgive people. Whenever someone repents or we become hurt, that we need to extend forgiveness And let me just pause here and and insert that to repent means to turn around. And so when we repent to someone, we're we're saying, I did that, and that was hurtful, and I'm going to change my behavior. Jesus goes as far as to say in just the previous verse to our reading this morning, if the same person sins against you seven times a day and turns back to you seven times a day, and says, I repent, you must forgive. It is to this that the apostles cry out, increase our faith. They are overwhelmed and flabbergasted at the need to practice forgiveness every day, all the time. That this forgiveness God has extended to us so freely is something we need to turn around and give away freely. The definition of forgiveness may feel a bit vague to us, but my guess is something comes to mind when you hear the word. 
It is one of those words we use all the time, but we do not always take time to define it and talk about what it means. It really has a multifaceted nature. In the Old Testament, its meaning had to do with covering sin or sending away. Etymologically, to forgive is to give something away. When we forgive, we give away our right to revenge, retaliation, retribution. We give away holding anger or hate, opening up our hands emotionally. But do not mishear this. Nowhere do we give away our personal protection or boundaries for healthy relating. Our relational forgiveness never means putting ourselves in danger or into ongoing toxic relating. We hear that God forgives us and separates our sins as far as the East is from the West in the Psalms, which means it is gone. The East and West never meet. We further understand from Scripture that God forgets our sin when we are forgiven. There is no nagging of our past behavior or attitude that comes to mind for God when God sees us, when God relates to us. Our sins with God are gone with forgiveness. So hard to grasp. And here's the rub. God forgets our sin. When God forgives, it is gone. We humans are more limited. We do not forget. It is not gone. We remember and are reminded. But the beauty of forgiveness in our human limitation is when it happens, we break the power of that intense emotional connection to that remembering. The anger does not control us. The hate does not gnaw at us. We do not ponder ways to retaliate or seek revenge. It is diffused, dissipated. What a beautiful thing. But it takes effort to forgive. It is time, or maybe repetition, a daily forgiving until something gives in our hearts, minds, and bodies. Or letting there be space for emotions to catch up to our vol volitional choice to forgive. Forgiveness cannot be hurried on our insides, though we may have decided with our mind and mouth to say, I forgive you. Jesus' response to the disciples' outcry to regarding the need to forgive is, is to say, if you had faith of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. This word picture serves to illustrate the uprooting and removal of the sin that affects relationship, like the uprooting of a tree, if we have but faith to forgive the size of a mustard seed. It is interesting that, that Jesus uses mustard seed as the example of how much faith is needed. Such a teeny tiny seed. I actually have some here with me this morning. And you can't even tell I'm holding something. It's so tiny. I had to really look for it. Uh, and I have more if anybody really wants to know how big they are. Uh, but if we really understood how teeny tiny this mustard seed is, we might be greatly encouraged at the simplicity and profoundness and ability we have to be forgiven and to seek forgiveness. Faith of a mustard seed. We may be inclined to think we need heavy-duty faith, but the word for faith here in the Greek is commonly used. It is not some superhero, superhuman amount of faith. 
It's a simple faith of conviction that leads to action. So forgiveness is hard, but just a little bit of conviction about the need to seek it and extend forgiveness changes the game and brings us freedom. All of our freedom in our Christian spirituality hinges on the giving and receiving of forgiveness. That is where it happens with God and with one another. What an important practice to cultivate and dig a groove for in our daily lives. So today, let us glean from our readings ways to practice and manage life when it is everyday life and when it is unbearably hard. May we remember intentionally and repent and forgive freely and generously. Amen.